Welcome to the All 22 Daily. I am Chris Lombardi and I'm joined by Ray Cotto. Today we're going to continue on the offensive side of the ball, but we're going to be talking about the interior. And I'm actually going to kick this off. I'm going to be talking about Steve, my boy Avila. And uh, it's definitely he's, Avila. It's definitely Avila. But uh, yeah, I, I just I got to do the hands. But interior offensive line is really a position that I don't think we've seen an elite prospect in the four years that we've been doing this. So I'm not going to say that any of these guys are really that level of prospect, but uh, I just wanted to kind of preface this by saying like when you're looking at interior offensive lines in all 22, it's really hard to hit on one, um, whether through the draft or even just picking up a guy. Uh, so it's worth taking a risk on some of these guys, you know, maybe second, third round picks because you might seem like you're overpaying, but uh, you're going to get to week three and you're going to have uh, your starting guard have three weeks in a row with maybe like a 50 grade, then an 80 grade, and then another 50. And you're going to need a plan B and you're going to want a plan B. So again, just prefacing this conversation, but I'm going to start with my boy Avila as the best of this year's group, in my opinion, because he had a really strong showing as a senior at TCU. Uh when I watch his film, though, I have to keep in mind he's a 23-year-old, right? So he's a, he's a lot older than some of the other prospects, uh, and he, he possesses maturity that maybe they don't, right? Some of them might go to the NFL, flourish, and have better careers, but until I really see that on film, I think this is my guy, even though he's 23. Uh, he started for the better parts of three years at TCU, with his best year coming his junior year, where he had an 81.3 PFF grade. And then his senior season, he improved as a pass blocker. And you saw that on film. He's got great feet, wide base. He never stops chopping his feet. And that gives him great leverage. So of the prospects from this class that I've watched, he's also the first one that I've seen that knows how to use his hands and his length and his arm length to the best of his ability. He has a powerful latch. He's able to keep defenders engaged and away from his chest, right? Something that a lot of younger guys fail to do. And what I mean by saying to the best of his ability, though, is... He achieved an 83.6 pass blocking grade this senior season, but he had a very mediocre combine performance. So basically, he's a very average athlete that has the maturity to make up for his lack of athleticism. Uh, but yeah, 6'3", 332 pounds, 33-inch arms. And again, his, his combine performance was mediocre. He averaged out about 50 percentile for almost everything he did. Uh, and again, it's just a really difficult position. So... Uh, you look at a guy like Avila, Avila, and you got to think that you know he might be a guy to take a risk on. Yeah, uh, he was interesting to me um, because the size is not average, right? The size is well above average, given you know 330 pounds. You expect a a, a dominant or a powerful player, um, and like I don't think he played up to that consistently, right? Uh, I have here, he, you know, he did a decent job climbing to the second level, cutting off defenders in space, uh, does a good job maintaining his base. You mentioned chopping his feet. Um, I saw that as well, especially when pass blocking, I would like to see him finish more, uh, looks good. Pulling has very good awareness is a very aware player. Uh, I have a note here that their offensive line as a whole just looked well coached, but my question was, where is the violence? I wasn't seeing the violence from Avila's game, right? And I think he will be a starter for a long time because he does have that awareness. He is a good puller. So he's likely going to grade very well because he's just an aware player that has some decent mobility, right? Nothing spectacular, but good enough when it comes to that. 
but I don't see a next level sort of upper tier player because I see him lacking some of that play strength. And I think that kind of showed itself against Mozzie Smith at Michigan. There were a few times um, one-on-one in the run game where Smith stonewalled him, was able to shed him and then make a tackle. Uh, Avila would then sort of respond and have a really good rep in, in, in pass pro just a couple plays later, but he's not a people mover. And every now and again, he will catch a blitzer uh, as opposed to delivering a strike first. So you're just missing that next level of, of strength and power with him, despite being 330 pounds. And like you mentioned, he is an older player or an older prospect. So you kind of wonder how much of that ceiling is left to hit or is he already there? That's that's a good point. You know, it, his grading, if you look at it, right, like really great during the season. And then he got to the playoffs where he's facing top-notch talent, right? You talked about Mossy Smith. Then he goes and faces J- Jalen Carter in the championship game. like, and, and you see that in his grading. His grading goes down pretty considerably. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a challenge in the NFL. But I would also say that Jalen Carter is an elite prospect might be one of the best players in the NFL when he makes it there. And then Mozzie Smith is, is a pretty good one, right? Like he's going to be a good NFL player. So these aren't just like average guys. These are potentially above average guys that we're comparing him to. Um, but I think it also just goes to the class, right? We're talking about a class where there's not going to be an elite talent out there. So a guy like this, yes, he's going to have flaws, but I think he makes up for it in maturity. Like we talked about. And then also like you, you just have a type. Like you, you're an Akeem Aquanu guy. You like violence. We were talking about Broderick Jones. Like you just like guys that are just violent blockers. Like you don't have to win that way. I agree. It's a nice thing to have, but you don't have to win that way. It's just your type. Yeah, sure. I guess I like violence. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, you see us, right? We, we, we played, uh, I mentioned yesterday, we played defense. We played in the secondary and it wasn't because we could hit people really hard. So I guess if I was... 330 pounds in a different life. I would love actually being violent with people instead of just trying to survive in certain situations. And maybe other offensive linemen just don't see it that way. I don't know. <laughs> right. Tell, tell us about the guy you picked. All right. So Osiris Torrance, I think people are going to start to get exhausted with me and we may need to uh, start talking about the defensive prospects here pretty soon. Cause yeah. I, I feel like it could be exhausting go, going through this. So Osiris Torrance, uh, another one with plus size, if you will. Uh, he is 6'5", 3'8", 330 pounds, uh, super long wingspan, like 6'11", just under 7-foot wingspan, actually, uh, just under 34-inch arms, 11 and a quarter inch hands, which are huge. Uh, and then his actual athletic tested numbers, uh, about average, which if you have a big 330-pounder, that's that's fine, right? So the physical profile and athletic makeup is there. Now, maybe I got a little ahead of myself there, but the first game that I studied of Torrance was Georgia. And just going through my notes, oh, he's getting whooped by Jalen Carter. Leaves his man a little too early on gap exchanges, doesn't ride long enough, left his right tackle out to dry by passing off Carter when he should not have. Oh, wow. He's not just getting whooped by Carter. He's getting whooped by Georgia, period. Um, Will then come back, has a good rep later on. When he recognizes what happens in front of him, he can anchor in pass protection and provide a good pocket for his quarterback to step up. 
but uh, is inconsistent in getting to the second level in the run game and blocking in space. I have yet to see that consistent movement in the run game. I see the size, but where's the strength? Uh, actually is a little bit more impressive than I thought, sort of moving laterally in the run game as opposed to going downhill, but does not sustain his blocks. Looks like he gets a little lazy. The Georgia game as a whole, he was just fighting for his life, basically. And and I get it, it's Georgia, but um, you're, you're about to face professionals here every week, too. So uh, and then I also studied uh, Utah, Tennessee, uh, and he just looked out of his stance. He just looked a little slow in pass protection at times. Uh, is a decent puller. And sort of the same thing I saw against Georgia is that when things are standard, just sort of one-on-one, no games, there's it's just a standard four-man rush, no stunts or anything, he will block his man well because he will anchor. And basically, when he anchors and uses that size that he has, it's a wrap. He does a great job with that. I think the problem is that nowadays, schematically, defensive coordinators are not really doing that unless it's, I don't know, prevent defense or something, which is is very rare. So I feel like he's not as aware of a player as Avila is, like we just discussed. Um, and then there were other plays against Tennessee. Like there was one in particular where he was pulling, he had a full head of steam, a defender was actually shedding a different block, and he just sort of caught the defender and if I'm looking at someone who's 6'5", 330 pounds, with a full head of steam coming across the line of scrimmage, I want you to blow him up. We are talking about drafting you with perhaps the first pick I have in a draft. I need to see you blow that guy up. You have a kill shot there. I want you to take it. He does not take it. Way too many times he simply caught the defender instead of punching. He actually rarely punched overall and was more of a catcher, which I don't like to see from someone who's 330 pounds. So he kind of plays like that, that guy, you know how like every crew has that one guy in the group, he's the biggest guy in the group, but yet when you get a team together to play pickup, he wants to be like that big guy who runs routes and call himself a tight end. Or when you play basketball, he wants to be the point guard, even though he's like by far the biggest guy in the entire court. That's Torrance to me. He, he plays like he wants to be like a finesse athlete type, but he's the biggest guy on the field and he's not living up to it. And we're talking about another prospect who's 23 years old who will turn 24 before the next Super Bowl. I need to see you overwhelm some other players who are 19 and 20 years old that are smaller than you, and you're not doing it. I see a finesse player who is inconsistent overall, and that that just scares the, the hell out of me. I was waiting for you to say it, right? Because all I see is these mock drafts that have Torrance going in the first round, right? He's probably the only interior guy that I see consistently mocked in the first round. And when I first started seeing it and after I watched the film, I couldn't really understand why, right? And then I was, I said to myself, okay, my boy Avila's 23 years old. Maybe Torrance is 20 right? Like maybe he's coming out young and that's why they're like, oh, he has all this hidden potential. That's not the case. Like it is apples to apples. Like you were comparing apples to apples guys. And I don't understand why, why people are in love with him. Yes. The, the height weight, but, but to me, if I see six, five, three thirty something and I'm, and he's not playing tackle, that's, that's off the bat of, you know, reason for me to scratch my head, right? Like, why is this guy not playing tackle? He, he has tackle size. Why is he not playing tackle? 
Um, I had a lot of the same notes you did as well, right? So ideal height, weight. He's a strong dude. He moves well, but when when he's there, right, in pass protection, his feet get really heavy and he loses his form. He doesn't use his lower body as much as he should. He loses leverage. And then my last note, like you said, he is not physical. He's not a physical dude, right? When you're talking about a 23-year-old going after 19-year-olds, he should be destroying them at his size, right? And he's just not doing that. So I, I don't really know how to do this, right? Like we talked about it yesterday. We, we finished our podcast yesterday and we said, you know what? Like this is, it's brutal having to talk about prospects like this that we don't really believe in. And, and I think that's harsh, right? It's harsh because these are young kids. They're trying to have careers um, and they probably will have good careers. But when you're talking about, when you're talking about a 12 team, all 22 league, right? And there's only so many spots to fill, right? You have 53 man roster and there's 12 teams. Do you really want to use one of your precious first, second, third round picks on a guy like this that just didn't really show it all in college, right? To me, the answer is no, um, but you have to, right? Because what we talked about earlier is in all 22, interior offensive line is so difficult, right? So like, it makes sense to have five or six guys on your roster at those positions because you're going to have to filter them in week in and week, uh, week, in and week out uh, just because there, you know, there's really not that many elite guys at those positions. Yeah, and I think of the two, I would I would rather throw my hat in the ring for Avila just because he at least sh shows traits in his game that lend themselves to grading well and more of a steady floor, right? He pick up stunt, he picks up stunts very well. He is a heady player. He's not playing with power, but he's executing his assignment pretty well. He's doing the little things correctly for the most part. So he may not ever reach the top 15 level of, of guard play, for example, over his career, but he's going to be a steady player that at least I can rely on that won't get blown up or won't, uh, you know, won't surprise me with, with a real dud of a game, uh, you know, week in and week out where I'm just kind of on pins and needles. So I would lean more towards Avila for that. I do think there's some other interior linemen, that, that we'll be discussing here in coming days that have a little bit more of a rosy outlook, but those might not be guards. They might be the centers in this class. We'll have to talk about that a bit more. But um, if you look back at the history of the draft over the last handful of years, and we talked about the state of guards in the NFL today, right? And and we see it in our all 22 leagues. There's not many good guards. And if you go back and look at the, the previous drafts, there's not many first round guards. It's not just because people think it's not a valuable position because they're not even being taken late in the first round. Usually it's just, there haven't been many good ones to enter the league. I don't know if that's some sort of post-mortem on the state of offensive line play and coaching overall or, or what have you. It's just the reality of the situation is there has not been many guards drafted highly in recent years. There's only been a handful of guys you can count on one hand, if so. And I think that's just a reflection of the talent that's come into the league lately. And we're seeing that sort of play out in these all 22 leagues. Yeah, I, yeah, agreed. And I, I'm, I am excited, right? There's a couple other guys that I'm excited to talk about, and we will be back tomorrow to talk about them. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all22pff underscore PFF and leave a review wherever you watch or listen to this podcast, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, whatever it is. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I'm a ghost.